Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today is Tim Thompson, who is the color commentator for Vanderbilt Basketball. This episode presented by the Well Coffee House, which turns coffee into water. The Well is a coffee house with a mission to bring clean water to the world. To date, over 30 communities across the globe now have access to safe water, health, and hope. You can make an impact by visiting a Well Coffee House today. There are locations in the Nashville area in Brentwood, Green Hills, downtown, and Bellevue. You can get more information at wellcoffeehouse.org, the Well Coffee House, where coffee changes lives. We thank our other co-presenting sponsor, Wellspire, Nashville's Learning and Development Center, which is located in the Gulch. Our news is presented by Sutherland and Belk, a local injury law firm committed to helping those who have been injured in accidents. If you or someone you know has been in a wreck or other accident, reach out to Sutherland and Belk to see what your rights are. You can find their contact info online at sbinjurylaw.com. Vanderbilt loses its opener in SEC play. Saban Lee scores a career-high 27, but Auburn wins the game by an 83-79 score. The Commodores had it tied in the final minute but could not close. Our guest line is presented to you by our friends at Bowl and Branch. Started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I've slept on their sheets for years and love them. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women, treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you're not going to want them. And once you get the sheets, try their mattress, which was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to bowlandbranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code VANDY and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Tim Thompson joins us now. Tim is the radio color commentator for Vanderbilt men's basketball. Tim was in Auburn last night. I say last night. We do this on Thursday morning. The Commodores lose a close one to Auburn. Tim, hope you're doing well. That was an interesting game last night and I think a lot more interesting than anybody expected it to be. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think probably everything's based on, you know, how, how you play previously. And, you know, the SMU game was such that, you know, it was one of those deals where it's like, you know, we lost a 15-point lead and then ended up losing in overtime by, I think, 11 or whatever. And and so you, you have that kind of mindset going into a, a game like Auburn, who is ranked fifth in the country, and you think, oh, you know, good, goodness. But I will say this, um, you know, those kids were pretty resilient last night. And, um, you know, the, the game in the first half was kind of back and forth, a little little bit of runs, you know, by both teams. And I believe I believe Auburn was up probably, I think their biggest lead in the first half was six. And then at halftime, I think the, the halftime score was like, uh, you know, Vanderbilt was down four. And I think it was, yeah, 42-38. And, Vanderbilt came out. I told Joe on the radio, I said, Hey, the first five minutes is pretty important to hear. You don't want to get in a situation where, you know, you, you get down and Auburn made a run, you know, they got up double digits. And next thing you know, all of a sudden you look up and I mean, you've got Aaron and Aaron was, you know, pretty much under wraps last night because they were just switching everything on him. And he was really having to work for his shots. But the guy that really played great last night was Saban. And, you know, he was, he's one of those guys that, thrives in that kind of game because they 
you know, they're going to get out and pressure you and, you know, and you're going to be isolated a little bit kind of on your own Island. And he thrives on that. And so you could kind of see that he was, you know, he would turn that corner and get going downhill and, you know, it, he didn't get it, you know, the Auburn didn't give him much, give him much help and he would get all the way to the rim. And, you know, he had 27 points. He was 10 of 14 last night and he was three for three from the three point line. He had, a, he had a couple three pointers that were critical in the second half to kind of keep us in touch when you, it kind of felt like it, it may have been getting out of hand, but, uh, and then Aaron started stepping up and scoring. He, you know, he had eight, 18. Um, but again, um, it's one of those deals where you look up and all of a sudden, you know, we're within four and then all of a sudden, you know, we've got the ability to tie the game. Jordan Wright goes to the line, knocks down two free throws to tie it. And, um, you know, we just, one of those things where we just didn't, the ball didn't bounce the right way. And, you know, they ended up, you know, making a little bit of a run down the stretch and, and ended up winning. But I was, I mean, I was really proud of the team last night. I, I, I thought they, you know, they laid it out all out on the line and they, they played hard. I'm, you, know, you look at a guy like, I thought Jordan Wright grew up a little bit last night. He had 10 points in, and he hit, you know, four clutch free throws when we really, you know, had to have him. To be honest with you, I thought Educate, you know, his numbers, you know, he only had five points, but I thought he played pretty decent last night. He had a chance, you know, down the stretch where he had a couple point blank, you know, shots that he missed. He just wasn't quite physical enough. Um, but again, you know, it was one of those deals where, um, it was kind of a total team effort. Um, so again, I was, I was excited after the game, you know, you lose, but at the same time, you know, you can't take that to the bank. It's still a loss, but, um, I think some of these players grew up a little bit last night on the road. Well, let's start with that. This is a group of players that has had more than its share of collapses the last few years, uh, and too many for me to even remember, to be honest with you. Uh, last year was just full of them. This year, recently, Vanderbilt nearly blew a lead against Davidson late, hung on and won that one, did not end so well against SMU. And so this is a team that's going to have a pretty fragile psyche heading into Auburn. And I think last year in that spot, because Vanderbilt got down double digits early in the second half, made a, a small run to get it within single digits, maybe to six or eight. Then Auburn goes up, what was it, 12, 14 at one point, And Vanderbilt yeah, comes 14. back and ties it at the end. When you're on a losing streak like they're on, they've now lost 22 in a row against Power 5 teams. Obviously, that says a lot about the state of the program, but was there something different in them last night in how they came back, how they hung on, and, you know, give them a break somewhere, maybe they win that game. Did you sense a difference in confidence with that team last night over what you've seen the last two years? Yeah, a little bit. And and I think it's a result of, you know, both Saban and Aaron – you know, being a year older and, and having, you know, the confidence of saying, Hey, we're going to put this team on the back and we're going to, you know, we're going to go. Um, and so, you know, I, I do think that's it. Again, this is one game. And, you know, I always, when you, when you start talking about 30 games in a season or whatever, 31 games in a season, I always tell people, you know, it's one game and you got to start, you know, you got to go to the next one. I mean, Last week against SMU, everybody was like, oh, man, we gave up the 15-point lead. We're not any good, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the sky's falling. And then, 
you know, you see a game like this where there's a lot of potential and, and, uh, you know, then all of a sudden it's, a, but it's, it's a long season. You gotta, you gotta get ready for Texas A&M on Saturday. And so, and you got to bring that same kind of effort that you, if they, if they play with the same kind of effort um, and intensity against Texas A&M on Saturday, um, I believe, I firmly believe they've got a really, really good chance of winning. I don't think Texas A&M is as good as it, you know, they've been, you know, in the past with Andy Kennedy. And so it'll be interesting to to see how they come back off of a pretty good performance of, uh, against Auburn. Tim, this roster has limitations. It has serious limitations in the post. It has serious limitations with depth. And I will get to the post in a minute, but you see this in college basketball, especially in NCAA tournament upsets. And I'm not suggesting this is an NCAA team or even an NIT team, but you look at teams sometimes that win in the tournaments and they've got a really good backcourt or a guy that goes off, or in the case of Davidson a few years ago, Steph Curry just blew up and got Davidson to the lead eight. What I'm getting at here is, is this a team where it has two guards and certainly Aaron Neesmith, the kind of kid that can carry a lot of teams, but the way Saban Lee played last night, you add him to that. Is this a team where just the backcourt of those two is good enough for them to steal some wins that a lot of people don't think they can get on certain nights? Um, yeah, I think it's a good point that you make. And I, and my answer is yes. Um, you know, the league's probably not as good as it's been in the past few years. Um, you know, but again, even though with those two, and I think coach Stackhouse will say the same thing, you got to have like that third guy to step up. And, you know, last night, um, you know, Jordan Wright stepped up, um, you know, he had 10 points and he had seven rebounds. And so, you know, you had one other guy step up. I don't think you can do it with just two guys in this league. Um, you got to have some other guys step up and, you know, Dylan DeSue played pretty good, um, but he was in foul trouble. And, you know, at the very end of the game, you know, when you needed some perimeter shooters and, or an extra guy to shoot the ball from the perimeter, you know, he was on the bench. He didn't, you know, he fouled out. And so, um, again, I, I think that there's some growing pains and I think, yeah, are there limitations with the roster? Yeah. Um, you know, you look last night at, at, you know, Austin Wiley, a big guy inside like that is going to give us problems, you know, yet, you really it, down the stretch, you had Jordan Wright guarding, you know, Austin Wiley. You know that's six five against six eleven, and you know he he did an admirable job. But you know it, it is what it is. You know just it's kind of a size mismatch. You know inside and and Auburn tried to take advantage of that. And you know overall, I thought he did a pretty good job for you know for for the size difference. But um, you know the one thing that we've got to do, and I think you know. It, Auburn exposed it a little bit early is, you know, just as far as squaring up on people and, you know, Scotty as a point guard defensively, you know, he's now he's going against, you know, elite point guards that are really, really quick. And, you know, there, there have been, there were a couple of times last night where they tried to isolate on him and, you know, spread everybody out and take him to the basket and that kind of thing. And, and, and I think the coaching staff understands that and that kind of thing, but he's got to be better at squaring a guy up and staying in front of him to, to make sure that 
secondary part of your defense at the rim because you know now all of a sudden educates having to come over and try to block shots and do the thing do those kind of things that you know potentially can put him in into foul trouble and then the other thing too is is the way Auburn plays is they spread you out and isolate you and then you 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 drive penetrate they drive penetrate you got to collapse and try to help from the weak side or whatever it is and then boom they kick it out to a three-point shooter and everybody on that team except for Wiley shoots the three ball pretty well. And so now all of a sudden that penetration breaks down your defense for a wide open three, not just a layup to the basket, but for a wide open three on the kick out. So that has to probably get better in coach Stackhouse. You know, I think he addressed it a little bit last night with, with Scotty. And, and uh, again, you know, that's Scotty's a freshman, you know, it's a, it's a learning experience. It's one of those things where, you know, you just got to get better, understand that, you know, the SEC is a kind of a different level than what you've been playing at the probably the first, you know, 12 games or whatever. And so, um, again, I, you know, I think he's, I think he's going to get better, but it has to, it, it has to get better in order for Vanderbilt to, to be better. Well, Pippen's defense has been much discussed and frankly, it's been really bad at times, but He's more advanced offensively than I thought, and I'm pulling up the box score as we speak. I believe he had last night five assists and no turnovers. He has showed some surprising offensive competency, and to go into a place where they'll get after you defensively and do that in your first game at a team that's got a ton of confidence based on the Final Four appearance last year and its winning streak this year, Again, the defense needs a lot of work, but offensively, I'm seeing a lot there. You talk about them needing that third guy offensively. I think he can be that a lot of nights. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, you look at the the box score, and you have nine turnovers, under double digit turnovers against a team like Auburn, that you know tries to pressure you and turn you over, and you know they're you know they get in the passing lanes, and they're you know they're pretty aggressive. I you know nine turnovers at Auburn. Listen, I think any team would go into Auburn and say, hey, we, you know, we got a chance of winning if we only have nine turnovers against Auburn. And, and that was as a team. Um, so, you know, you're right. I, I think that, that Scotty can, can be that guy. He was 0 for 5 last night. I mean, he had some, a couple decent looks. But again, you know, you, you've got to have, you know, just a, in this situation, you got to have a total team effort. And it, we were dug on really close last night. Um, you know, uh, going down the stretch when, when Jordan Wright hit those two free throws to tie it up, the, the crowd in, in that place took a, just a big, you know, sigh saying, Oh, you know, we got it. Now it's pressure on our offense to, you know, to make a shot and that kind of thing, which they did. But at the same time, it was, I don't think anybody in that gym was expecting it to be tied with less than a minute left. Tim, the thing that I think cost them the game last night was lack of post-presence. And you highlighted some things that DeSue and Abena did well at times, but just Auburn took the ball to the rack so many times and nobody was waiting there to deter that. And it's a function of the roster. They can only play with what they have. And I think the closest thing they have to that quick twitch, get-off-the-floor athlete, and you might even say this guy is it, is Cleavon Brown, who is out right now. How much is that hurting them? Was he a guy that if he's on the floor last night, maybe they win that game? That's a great possibility. He's a you know he's a pretty solid defender. He you know he he has great timing on his jump. And if you really look at the stats, and that's the one thing I pointed out last night after the game when Joe and I were talking, is Auburn had 38 points in the paint. Okay, 
the key stat was they had 14 offensive rebounds and they had 23 second chance points. You know, I ain't very good at math, but I can do that math. And you, you reduce the 23 second chance points off those 14 rebounds and you probably win that game, you know, to your point, having Cleveland in there probably would have made a difference, you know, because of his experience and, you know, kind of what he does. Um, he, you know, he probably would have grabbed a few of those rebounds that, that Auburn got. Um, but that, that stat right there has to get shored up because you get 23 and you get zero. That that's a recipe for, that's a recipe for a loss. And really, if you would give that stat probably to anybody that knows basketball and say, Hey, Auburn had 38 points in the paint, had 14 offensive rebounds, had 23 second chance points. Somebody would probably tell you, well, Vanderbilt got beat by 15 or 20, but they didn't. I mean, they, it was, it was a, it was an amazing, you know, just run where, you know, Saban and, and, and um, Aaron just down the stretch in that, you know, middle end of the of the second half, they were just making shot after shot after shot. Aaron Neesmith banks in a two kind of on a desperation shot. But, you know, once again, it's it's one of those deals where, you know, you, you can't pat yourself on the bat, back on a loss. You've got to win basketball games. But um, I think that, that stat of the, the second chance points and the offensive rebounding stuff and the points in the paint really, really hurt Vanderbilt. Did you by chance see the box score of Arkansas-LSU last night? Because I believe LSU out-rebounded Arkansas by 31. And yet Arkansas would have won that game had LSU not hit a wow. shot in the last 12 seconds. So yeah, that was that's one that you don't see often. But back to Cleavon Brown for a minute. Jerry Stackhouse told us after, I think, the Davidson press conference, I had asked him, when's he going to be back? He said, well, we should have some news on him coming soon, but it's not good. I keep hearing he's not done for the season, but he's not coming back anytime soon. Also, in case people are wondering, I don't believe he is eligible for a medical red shirt. When I asked Vanderbilt about that yesterday, they said that, and I think that fits the definition of the rule because I believe he has played in nine games. I believe the standard is 25% or something like that, or 30 I don't remember what it was, but I think I think he's just over the standard to get a red shirt in case people are wondering. Anyway, back to my question. Any clue of when he will get back? Well, it's an MCL. To me, that's one of those injuries. It's not like an ACL where it says, okay, you got an ACL you know, injury, and it's probably going to be, you know, you're, you're done for the season. MCL, it's a sprain. So you really, you just can't tell. And, you know, um, last night, I mean, Cleveland, I think was wearing a brace and he had a sweat, he had sweatpants over the, over the top of it, but, you know, you could tell that he was, he was limping. And so, um, you know, MCL, if based on when he did it and a couple of guys that I've known over the years that have had MCL strains, you know, it's, it's six, you know, it's six to eight weeks. You know, and, and that's if you start, if you heal right. Um, so I, I, I don't think, I mean, I, I just don't think that anybody, anyone really knows. If I'm guessing, you know, we're at what, January the, the 9th. I'm, I'm thinking probably mid-February at this point, um, you know, another month away probably before, you know, he's, and then when he comes back, you got to realize too, you know, just from a conditioning cardio standpoint that, 
you know, you, you now all of a sudden you got to play at an re- extremely high level and, um, you know, you, you're, you know, you ride the bike and you do as much as you can to try to stay in shape. But at the same time, you know, you're not in high end shape like you were before, before the injury. Yeah. Liberty is the game where he got hurt and that was December the 14th. So too much, like you said, that's right at mid February. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think eight weeks is, you know, probably something that's, that's when you start looking for him to maybe have a chance to, to come back. So, um, you know, February 15th, that's, that's a number of games away based on, you know, based on the schedule. I'm going to go ahead to the mailbag, which is sponsored by our new partners at Simply a Fan, which provides baseball fans the opportunity to travel to ballparks around the country Enjoying the company, camaraderie, and fellowship of friends and strangers alike, Simply a Fan will be organizing trips to several Vanderbilt baseball road venues this season. We will keep you posted on when and where. Visit their website at simplyafan.com. First one from Mr. Vandy, what can they do in late-game situations to be able to get the win? Well, you know, really, it was giving up offensive rebounds and second chance opportunities. That, that to me was the reason that they, they really lost the game. Now I will say this, if you look at, you know, they missed eight free throws. So, um, you know, again, that's, that's been another thing, you know, with this year's team, you know, of course, Auburn misses 10, they were 28 to 38. We were 17 to 25, but you know, when you go on the road, you know, if you miss eight free throws, you you're looking at probably not winning the, the basketball game, but you know, again, I just, I just think they have, you know, they have, they had a really good chance of winning the game last night against a, a team like SMU. It's we got a little stagnant offensively, and then we just made a couple turnovers down the stretch that that cost us games. Those kind of things can be remedied. Uh, free throw shooting's got to get better, but um, anytime you're playing in a close game, it's free throws and turnovers, and and that's kind of what happened, you know, probably last night as well. Dor King wants to know what Vanderbilt can improve on. I will modify that a little bit because there's a lot of things they can improve on, uh, and talent is going to limit that. What do you think is realistic there? Um, I, I just think, you know, defensively, um, on the perimeter, I think we just got to, we, we, like I said earlier, we got to square up and, and keep guys in front of us more. Um, so it, we don't have the, the defensive breakdowns of, you know, having to come over and help and that kind of thing, because, you know, there's going to be some teams that are going to, if we don't, they're going to be some teams that expose that. And, you know, last night we got exposed a little bit in, especially on the offensive rebound. And when I say that is Auburn, the way they play, they shoot the basketball from deep. Okay. So normally a lot of those rebounds are coming long. Okay. So if you, if you're in a situation where you get too far underneath the basket, you're trying to block your guy out. Those rebounds come long. Now, all of a sudden, the rebounds are out. Auburn gets it, and you're in what I call scramble mode. Okay? You're trying to get to perimeter shooters from, you know, the middle of the lane. And, you know, that thing right there really – I think cost Vanderbilt a little bit last night because what happens is they get the rebound, they kick it to the wing and you go out to close out on them as fast as you can, because they're, they shoot threes. 
and they head fake you and boom, that they, they put it on the, on the, on the deck and they're by you. And so now all of a sudden you get broken down again, you know, you come over to help, boom, they kick it out to the three point line, boom, you got to go close out on them again. They did that to us about four or five times last night on the offensive rebounds where that second or third kick off the offensive rebound resulted in a, a drive to the basket and a layup. So again, we, we got to square up on guys, keep them in front of us. And we got to, you know, we got to do a better job in not letting you know teams have offensive rebounds. Anything else that we didn't get into that's worth mentioning today? Oh, no. I mean, I, I just think they, they got to keep working, you know. Um, you know, I think Dylan DeSue, you know, he, he got frustrated last night. You could tell. You know, the young kid, freshman, um, and the refs called a couple fouls on him, which, you know, there there was a couple that, that were probably, you know, questionable. But, you know, he, he looked and it was like, that's not a foul. But, again, you know, refs call it, blow the whistle, and, you know, you get your third foul in the first half and you got to go sit. Um, but I think he's, he's starting to figure it out. The game's probably starting to slow down for him a little bit. And, you know, he's a guy that can jump up and knock down shots and, and that kind of thing. And, and again, you know, Scotty's got to get better defensively from a standpoint of, of, of keeping guys in front of him and, and helping us offensively. But, you know, if you can get those two guys to, you know, um, dramatically improve as you go into the season that you, you got a chance because you got two guys, Aaron and, and Scotty or uh, Aaron and Saban that, um, that can, you know, that can put points on the board and, and carry you. He is Tim Thompson, the color commentator for Vanderbilt men's basketball. I'm Chris Lee, the host of the Vandy sports podcast. We appreciate you listening, Tim. Thank you for joining us and we will catch you again next week. Thanks Chris. Appreciate it.